everyone, and welcome to this week's Orange and White Podcast. I'm Dan Hope, joined as always by Brandon Rink and Brad Senkiv. We're on location this week, shooting from the West Zone. Uh, early podcast this week with Thanksgiving coming up, so we're going live here from Clemson after press conferences here today. And, you know, big, big week coming up. Clemson about to play its annual rivalry game with South Carolina. Clemson looking to get to 11-1. and uh, always a big game, no matter what the records are. So we'll get right to that. Uh, Clemson last week, pretty comfortable win against against Wake Forest, uh, 35-13 victory. Brad, you were there at Wake Forest. Anything you really took away from that game? I think the run game for Clemson, something we haven't seen much of this year, was a total dominant effort in the run game. And I think uh, I, I think it was big for Clemson. You know. Tony Elliott was like a different person after the game. You know, he starts talking about the run game and how it was similar to Notre Dame, and it's kind of like a jumping-off point for them. And you don't hear a jumping-off point this late in the season, but I, I think he was very, very happy that he got to rely on his on his run game for a change and didn't have to throw the ball over the field because they can say what they want. I know there's a ton of weapons on this team, but they still like to run the football. That's still if they, if they could just run the ball every week, I really think that, that that's what they would do. Teams though have schemed against them differently and have made that very difficult. I thought Wake Forest set up better from a standpoint that Clemson was able to run inside. They were able to run their inside zone a little bit more against Wake because Wake didn't stack the box, played more to zone, and kind of gave that to Clemson. And Gallman ate it up. So to so give credit to Wayne Gallman for being ready. A guy who was not called upon the previous week in the loss to Pittsburgh, he stepped up against Wake Forest and had a big game. I thought that was the biggest takeaway from the win. You, you've been following this running game story all year. A, a little teaser to next week's Orange and White magazine, by the way. But uh, do you think that what we saw against Wake Forest, do you think that was real progress that's going to lead into the rest of the year, or do you think they're going to revert back to some of the struggles they've had? I think it shows that they're capable of doing it if they if they really need to and want to. Now, I think they blocked really well. As you know, I think offensive line had one of their best games. I'm not saying they can block that well against a Michigan or an Ohio State or even an Alabama. Uh, I, I don't know if they can they can run the ball that effectively, but I think it's important from a confidence level standpoint. They know if they get a matchup and they need to run the football, they can at least say, hey, you know, they've done it over the last couple of weeks. They feel better about it. Doesn't mean it's going to be as successful, but uh, confidence is a, is a big deal, especially those offensive linemen. Yeah, I think what was most impressive to me, I mean, we talk a lot about the commitment and, you know, do, what kind of offense this is. They averaged 60 yards per carry. I mean, they not only rushed it 42 times. I mean, they were really, really efficient. Yeah, and it was everybody that was a fit. Even Deshaun Watson, I thought, had some good runs. Uh, looked a little bit better maybe than he has. Maybe the shoulder's feeling a lot better. Um, but I think they're going to need him down the stretch to get healthy and run the football because that ultimately is the key to balancing out this offense. Let's jump into this game we got this week. Clemson playing South Carolina. Uh, Clemson going into this game. 10-1. They've already clinched birth for the AC championship game, but still a very important game uh, that Clemson needs to win if they're going to make the playoffs. Meanwhile, South Carolina, they're 6-5. and five. They earned bowl eligibility. Uh, they'd certainly like to finish their season off, regular season off, with a big win. Uh, what are you guys' expectations for this game? I mean, I think everybody's going to pick Clemson to win, but what kind of challenge do you think they're in for this week? It's kind of hard to say because Clemson hasn't really been a dominant team at home. I mean, they blew out Syracuse, throw out the South Carolina State game. That doesn't really count. 
So can they do that? Can they play well against South Carolina and make this an easy game? I don't know. I mean, NC State, as we know, is not a great football team. NC State was a field goal away from winning this game. That thing just went right, and you know, Clemson ended up going in overtime and winning it. Is South Carolina way worse than NC State? Are they better than NC State? Are they kind of right on par maybe with NC State? I think that's kind of the the, the, the comparable matchup that I look at is is you know Clemson let NC State stay in this game. Can they let South Carolina do the same thing? I think ultimately, though, I don't know if South Carolina has the consistency on offense. I think they're similar to Wake Forest from the standpoint of I knew Wake couldn't stay on the field. Wake had a couple of big plays, but they just could not consistently get first downs. I think that's what's going to happen this week as well with South Carolina. Yeah, I think the number's about right. Yeah, 24 points. I think – I'm not sure that South Carolina – they haven't been consistent on the road. And I don't know – if we've seen enough from sort of the new look South Carolina offense under Bentley on the road yet, I mean, we've only had one road game. I think they've only had one road game since, since September 24th. So we don't have much example of how they're going to perform. So I think it's, it's a matter of, I think Clemson's offense and getting the running game around matches up well with South Carolina's defense. I, I think one thing that's interesting, too, about the South Carolina team is years in the past they've come into this game saying, that they'd played a tough schedule. They've gone through the rigors of the SEC, and it's built their, you know, their confidence, and it's, it's, it's it showed them how to play in tough environments and all that stuff. But this year, they, I mean, it, it was a joke. I mean, the SEC East was a complete joke. Um, you know, they they played A and M well, and they lost that game. So I, I don't feel like this is a South Carolina team that has that kind of mentality. I think this is going to overwhelm them a little bit when they come in this environment. Yeah, this is definitely uh, on paper the best team that South Carolina's played all year. So it's really going to be a test of what South Carolina is. But, you know, I'm with you, Brad. I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you, if you play this game on paper, you'd expect Clemson to win this game by a significant margin. But as Davos Sweeney said today, they don't play the games on paper. They don't just stand in the middle of a field, show their X's and O's, and the ref declares a winner. We have to see what happens. And when you look at what happened in a game like NC State, that's kind of a comparison I draw here. I mean, everybody said, oh, Clemson's going to beat NC State easily. And that didn't happen. So I think Clemson will win. I think on both sides of the ball, they are more talented. The matchup would certainly favor them. But something tells me this game's still going to be close, at least for a while. I think a rivalry game like this, uh, South Carolina, they're going to be hungry. They're, they're definitely going to want to win this game. They're going to give it all they've got. And I just don't know. I don't know if I see Clemson covering that spread. I mean, they, they're certainly capable of it, but I just have a feeling that South Carolina is going to keep this game closer than it should be. Yeah, I mean, what could keep it closer is kind of the thing. We've, a couple of things we've talked about all year with Clemson, and it's uh, efficiency in the red zone. Uh, South Carolina's top ten in red zone defense. Yeah. Bend, but don't break. Yeah, and turnovers. Yeah, Clemson's – Negative 14 in turnover margin in this series since 2010. Well, yeah, if Clemson turns the ball over five times in this game, South Carolina's hanging around all night. You know, I, mean, I, I don't think there's any question. I wonder, though, with the way that Muschamp rotates defenses and mixes it up, does he find one that maybe works a little bit? You know, because I think the formula to give Clemson trouble this year has been take away the run game, force Deshaun to throw deep, don't give up a lot of underneath and take your chances to see if you can get the deep ball. And if you can't, you're going to get off the field some. I, I think the underneath stuff's going to be there, though. I'm not sure South Carolina's going to be able to cover these receivers long enough. South Carolina's defense, they, they've been better this year. I mean, the past couple of years, they came into this game, they were very, very low ranked. This year, they've been better on that side of the ball. The offense got off to a slow start, but it seems like ever since Jake Bentley's taken over at quarterback, 
a guy like Rico Dowdle, a freshman, has stepped in at running back. They've started to gain some momentum. Brad, what do you see in the South Carolina offense? Are there things they can do that contest Clemson on Saturday? A little bit. Now, while they don't have a ton of playmakers, they've got some guys who are capable. I mean, Debo Samuel had a big game against Clemson last year, had a big catch. And so I, I think he's a guy that, that's fast enough to get free and, and cause some problems, even in the middle of the field or even deep. Um, Dowdle's a good bat. He's a hard runner. I, th- I think he can challenge Clemson a little bit. I think he's going to challenge the linebackers. The linebackers are going to have to step up and, 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 and make some plays, try to get in behind the line of scrimmage, because if they don't, I, I, I think he can hurt them. And, um, you know, Bentley, it's, it's so hard to say because I don't feel like we have a big enough sample size. You know, like Brandon was saying, he hasn't played much on the road, but he also just hasn't played in general. Um, can he make the big throws in a game like this with, with that defensive line breathing down his neck? Because I don't think South Carolina's offensive line has played nearly as well as it was supposed to all year. I think that could be a, a cause for concern for the Gamecocks. If that defensive line for Clemson plays like he did a couple weeks against Syracuse, then South Carolina's in for a long day. And another guy to watch on that offense could be Hayden Hurst. We've seen Clemson all year have trouble de- defending the tight end. And, and Venables said today that he thinks Hurst might be the best tight end they've played all year. We'll see about that, but that could be another guy who maybe poses some problems for the Clemson defense. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, nothing, not taking a lot away from Hayden Hurst. I, I don't, I just don't know if he's going to be capable. Um, I think, I think it's easier to scheme around him when there's not a lot of other guys they have to be worried about too. What do you guys think? You know, are the things that Clemson needs to get out of this game? I mean, obviously Clemson. They need to win the game, first of all. you got to, you got to win this game. It's a rivalry game. Whether you win or lose it, no matter what your records are, people are going to remember it. But what are the things that Clemson needs to do in this game to get itself really to finish that regular season strong and go into the postseason as good as they need to be? I think you, you just you want to see them play a clean game, you know, not, not, turn, not have unnecessary turnovers. You know, last year at South Carolina they had uh, – some turnover issues. They had a key uh, fourth quarter uh, fumble that allowed South Carolina to make it a one-score game in the fourth quarter. So you want to see a clean game. You want to see the offensive efficiency to pick up from last week to be able to run the ball as well as they did last week, and Deshaun Watson to run the ball. You know that's we talked about Deshaun being the key to this offense last week. He. You know, he looked as confident as he has all season last week, and I think that's something he can build on going into the championship you know, part of the season. Well, I, I think, I'll tell you what you will not see, as Dabo Sweeney was asked about on Sunday, you will not see him <laughs> sitting his starters uh, in favor of rest over rivalry. That, that will not be the case. Um, he will play everybody in this game that needs to play to win it. Uh, but on a more serious note, I agree with what, what all of Brandon said. I, I think it's important for Clemson not to take a step back a little bit. I think they've they built some momentum after that loss to Pitt. Um, I think they feel a lot better about how they played against Wake Forest. They know if they continue that formula, that's going to beat this South Carolina team. But it's it's not making the same mistakes that have cost them um, chances to score and, and, and giving up big plays. I think if they limit that, they're going to feel pretty good going into Virginia Tech or North Carolina in the ACC championship game. Brad, I know you used to cover South Carolina. You've followed that program closely for many years. What do you feel like the sense is coming out of South Carolina coming into this game? Are they confident? Is the team confident? Are the fans confident about what's going to happen Saturday? I think the players are confident. they got nothing to lose in this game. You know, they're not playing for a bowl eligibility. They've already got that. That's not going to be on the line. 
it's not a case like last year where they really had nothing but pride. You know, I mean, I, th- I think last year those kids played their tails off because for a lot of them it was their final game they ever going to play in their lives. Um, I think this is a little bit different team. I think Muschamp's got a different mentality in that locker room. I think the, I, I, I agree that they're going to play hard. They're going to get everything they have in this game. Uh, you know, the, the fans are the fans. You got the crazy ones who think they're going to come in here and beat Clemson by two touchdowns. And then you, you've got the more realistic ones who understand keeping it close might a moral victory might be good for the Gamecocks. But um, you know, this is Muschamp's first game in this rivalry. I think he's going to want to set a tone for his players and get them to compete hard, make them understand that he does care about this game. Now, this is going to be a real interesting weekend in college football. I mean, not just this game, but rivalry games around the country are going to have a huge impact on who ultimately makes the playoff. I mean, we know that if Clemson wins their next two games, they're pretty much a lock to be in. But, you know, some some of the other games going on in college football this week, uh, you know, I mean, certainly the one that stands out is Ohio State and Michigan. You know, they're two teams that have both been in the top four in the playoff. Presumably the winner of that game is going to be on the fast track to the playoff. In this week's pick we all picked Ohio State to win. Now, now, I picked Michigan to win the Big Ten at the start of the year, and uh, I still think they could win this game, but I just think the quarterback injury situation for them, uh, if Spate's not healthy, John O'Corn really struggled last week against Indiana. Uh, I think that might be a little too much to overcome for, for Michigan. What do you guys think of this game? Um, same track. I think it's, it's going to be tough for Michigan to go into Ohio State and win with a backup quarterback. And you know, they've been really good on defense. You know, maybe that's something where they can kind of make it an ugly game and you know turn over here or there or special teams and maybe can flip. But I, I'd take Ohio State. I think it's going to be an ugly game, and I think that favors Ohio State, especially at home. But I just think they're capable of winning an ugly game like that. They don't run the ball particularly well, but um, I don't know. If, I mean, this is – it just feels like it's set up for weeks now that Ohio State's going to win this thing, keep that number two spot, maybe fall to three possibly, but get into the playoff with no matter what happens in the rest of the of the Big Ten. And then Penn State wins the Big Ten and right. just throws everything in. Well, I, I still think Ohio State gets in, though. I, I'm with you there. I think if Ohio State wins this game on Saturday, they're in. It, it doesn't matter if they go to Big Ten Championship. As much as the committee likes putting in – the conference champion, they're not going to leave out a one-loss Ohio State. That's just not they're something not. Well, they're they, going to do. I don't think they would have put them at two if they wanted to. No, you know? they wouldn't have. Because I know you can't project what's going to happen in the Big Ten, but at that time it was it was pretty clear how the Big Ten was setting up. Correct. I don't think you put Ohio State there, too. But, but what do you do with Penn State? Like, if they win the Big Ten, are they just left out? Because what if there's like a one-loss Washington, a one-loss Clemson? Are they going to get left out, you think? They could. If, if there's a one-loss Washington, I'd say yes. I, I think a one-loss Washington would get in before a two-loss Penn State. If Washington loses and we're talking about two-loss teams, and then I think a two-loss Penn State or a two-loss Wisconsin has a pretty good shot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's the last week of our Independent Mail You Pick 'em contest, so if you want to join us, go to independentmail.com slash youpick'em, your last chance to beat us and win a weekly prize. So uh, go ahead, give that a shot if you want to. Uh, Brad and Brandon here, they're both gunning for the, the first place title here. Mickey Plyler from Aurora has a one-game lead in our pool at 121 and 58, but Brad and Brandon are 120 and 59. I, I'm, I'm about five games back, so I'm just hoping to keep uh, keep our team title. Uh, I don't remember what exactly what it is. I think we've got a pretty comfortable lead, so as long as we don't screw it up too badly, 
uh, Team Gannett should get the win over Team Roar. For the second straight year, I might add. And Brad, Brad, Brad currently is in possession of a trophy. He does not want to give it back. So nope. uh, going to be an interesting week of games. They start Thursday. LSU plays Texas A&M. Brad and I are both going with LSU, but Brandon, you say you like Texas A&M. Yeah, I like A&M on the short week at home. Uh, you know, LSU's coming off a really tough loss, a tough, really physical loss against Florida. Uh, A&M's got a backup quarterback and all that, but I think they have enough talent that they can win kind of an ugly game. I, I picked LSU because I think the players want Ed Orgeron to be their head coach, and if they do, I think they're going to play hard for him and, and try to help him get this job. Whether he gets it ultimately or not, I don't know, but I get a sense from the – from the players that they want to win this game for that reason. Yeah, I agree with you with that, Brad. I think this is a must-win game for Ed Orgeron if he's going to keep that job. I think that, you know, after that loss to Florida last week, he's got to win this one if he's going to get that job. I still think LSU is the better team. I don't think Texas A&M has played very well the past month, and I, I don't necessarily think the loss to Florida was indicative of what LSU is still capable of at this point. Nebraska-Iowa is a pretty interesting game because Nebraska is the ranked team, yet six of us, including Brandon and I, are both going with Iowa. Uh, home team, we just saw them beat Michigan last week, so uh, I think they're a team that I was inclined to take at home, and looks like Brandon was the same way, but Brad, you're, you're going with the ranked team here in Nebraska. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Armstrong at quarterback, if he's going to be healthy enough to play, but... I feel like Iowa already had their big win of the year. I just don't think they're going to be good enough to win this one. Yeah, I don't have a ton of confidence in that one, but I just fought the home team in that one. I'm still not sure about Nebraska. I think they're still a team that's kind of feasted on a fairly easy schedule all year. Yeah, and it's just the, the I think the quarterback situation in Nebraska is what gave me pause on that. And Definitely. Iowa just seems to just sort of slug out wins at home. They play pretty well at home. We're all picking North Carolina to beat NC State. It's only the NC State alum, Scott Kiefer. He's the only one who has any faith in the Wolf I think that's because he's. it's written on his diploma, you can never pick North Carolina to win anything. <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, Scott and, Walt are the, and Roy. Scott, Walt, and Roy are all picking Washington State. The three of us are all picking Washington. I think that's an interesting game, but you know, I didn't think Washington State played as well as I would have expected last week, and I still feel like – this is one of those games, and there's a few of these this week, where one team has a lot more to play for than the other, and I'm inclined to pick that team to win. I picked Washington, but it does worry me. They're, they're having guys with a lot of issues, injuries, guy leaving the team. I, I, I feel like this this could be one of those games where, where they just kind of – it could fall apart on them in, in a hurry. But at the same time, I think Washington State's kind of realized their season's pretty much over, so this is all they got to play for. Well, I mean, Washington's been better, you know, week by week. Washington State's a dangerous team because of their offense. But Washington's owned this series lately, and I think they'll continue that. Texas-TCU is an interesting game. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Charlie Strong is going to be gone from from Texas. Uh, So this will be his final game, it looks like. Uh, But TCU, they're also looking to get to bowl eligibility. They're 5-5 this year. Uh, I, I'm with you, Brad. It's a tough game to pick. This is the one, this is the one I went back and forth on. I, I originally picked Texas. I, I changed my mind to TCU. Uh, just not sure. I think TCU might have a little more to play for at this point. Uh, I think Texas, they know what's coming after this game. 
Uh, but Brad, you went with the home team here, the Longhorns. Yeah, I'm rolling the dice that these players are going to get up and play for Charlie Strong and what's very likely the end of his tenure there. I think that you know it, it, it could go the other way. I mean, they could just get mad at the administration and just not show up and not play. But uh, being at home, I, I, I think that's going to drive them to, to play hard for him. And, and that's not taking anything away from TCU, but I think Texas can run the football so well that I think they'll, they'll find a way to beat them. Neither team's consistent. I think that's the issue. That's why right. it's such a coin flip game, yeah. and you have all the emotions going into it, and uh, you know, senior day and all that. I mean, it's just I, I have no idea. We both picked – We I should say we all picked Southern Cal to beat Notre Dame. Oh, no, that was a really tough one. Too. No <laughs> surprises there. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see if that's Brian Kelly's last game there. Uh, Virginia Tech, we all have Virginia Tech beating Virginia. They've got to win this game. If Virginia Tech wins this game, they will play Clemson next week in the ACC championship game. So an important game for Virginia Tech for sure. Florida versus Florida State. Uh, Walter Tool and I are the only ones picking Florida. Uh, It's another one I don't feel too good about, um, but it it came down again to where one team's got a lot more to play for here. I mean, Florida's still got that – Sneaky outside shot. You never know what could happen with Florida. Florida State, their season's pretty much over. Uh, Florida's Florida's defense has been great all season. That's, that's what's going to have to win them this game. They don't have much of an offense. Uh, we'll see if they can contain Dalvin Cook. I suspect that probably goes towards Brad logic of picking Florida State. But I'm going to Florida here just because I think they've got more to play for and a much better defense. They can't score. Yeah. I mean, you're going to need to score to beat Florida State because Dalvin Cook and Florida State will put up some points in this game. Yeah, Florida State's really – I mean, they've been beating the teams they should be lately. They've had, like, Boston College and Syracuse right in a row. But their offense has really gotten on track. They've got some momentum going into the end of the season. Walt Deptula is actually picking Michigan State to beat Penn State. I'm not, I'm not sure about that one, but, hey, Michigan State almost beat Ohio State last week. So I actually thought about this game longer than you would think, but, I mean, Penn State's favored by almost two touchdowns. I just – I couldn't go against that. Walt might be throwing a dart at the wall. He probably is. Uh, we all picked Louisville to beat Kentucky. Uh, I think after Kentucky struggled against Austin P last week, that was probably a no-brainer. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, that's an interesting game. It's actually an even split here. I picked Georgia Tech. You guys both picked Georgia. This is another one I really didn't feel too good about. I mean, Georgia's another team that's been inconsistent. You don't know what they're going to be. Uh, I feel like Georgia Tech's been better in recent weeks, but I-, I could really see this one going either way. Another coin flip game for me. I went back and forth. Um, I guess I, I, I guess I took more or less the home team. I, I feel like Georgia's shown a little bit of signs of life in this in, in the late part of the season. So um, I just don't trust Georgia Tech to consistently go in on, on the road and win. I mean, it's been a close series lately, and Tech Tech's played a little better than expected in some of those games. But they're I, still what two and six, I think, yeah, under Paul Johnson. Yeah, so that's the thing; they've had some close losses, and that's you know Georgia Georgia's got so much more talent, and they've got they're the home team senior day. So I'm taking the dogs. We all picked Ole Miss to beat Mississippi State. Quack is the only one going with Mississippi State. We all picked Alabama to beat Auburn. No surprise there. Uh, Brad, you are the only one picking Utah to beat Colorado. I'm shocked. I, I, I feel like I'm a week late on this. I felt like Colorado was going to fall apart last week. I still think they're kind of playing on borrowed time here. So I'm going with Utah, who's coming off a loss, who – has won a lot of regular season games over the last few years. I think they bounce back, and they're going to beat Colorado on the road. I think Colorado's just a tough team. I don't think they're a fluky team. I think they deserve to be where they are. And I think I think they'll win that game. This is probably the physically toughest team they're going to play all year, though, in, yeah. in Utah. Definitely an interesting matchup for sure. 
Uh, we're all picking Ohio State to beat Michigan. Brad has Ohio State winning 20 to 13. I have 24 to 20. Brandon 31 to 20. So we all think Michigan probably have a tough time scoring points in this one, which is probably a good bet with their quarterback issues. Well, we want to thank you for joining us here once again uh, on the Orange and White podcast. We'll have lots of coverage coming up all week of the rivalry game, uh, lots of stories uh, during the week, stuff looking at the rivalry, looking at both sides of a matchup, and complete coverage on game day. Also pick up a copy of the Orange Orange and White for this week. Uh, Brad did a good story looking at the rivalry from both sides. Uh, what does this rivalry game mean? And you know, it's it's place within college football. You know, anything else you guys think people should know about? Uh, well, you already kind of teased my run game story. Look for that next week. I think that's going to be interesting. Kind of kind of a deeper dive into what Clemson's doing in that run game. All right, guys. Thanks for listening in, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah.